It's another night at the Fireside Pub. Grab a seat, open the tab, and join us. Brad, how are you? Um, not, not bad. Uh, I've been better. I went to Duncan before uh, stopping here because I didn't feel like making a coffee at my house. I'd like to point out. At no point was a text sent, would you like a coffee? Uh, no. For some reason, I was under the impression that Jacob didn't drink coffee, which I learned is not true. No, not at all. Um, I don't know why I thought... Th- Do you not like iced coffee? No, I love iced coffee. You don't like, I hot, don't like coffee. hot coffee. That, maybe that's what my brain was thinking. And in my, in my mind, hot coffee is the only coffee. So uh, if you don't like it, then you don't like coffee. I mostly drink hot coffee just because I, if I do drink coffee, it's most of the time from the Keurig. Mm-hmm. Although... Uh, my girlfriend did give me the Mr. Coffee iced coffee machine because she never used it. Really? She had it. And I'll be honest with you. I don't know what the point of that machine is <laughs> because it seems like the ice in the cup is what does most of the work there because it still brews it hot. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know. Maybe it just brews it at a lower temperature. I don't know. But I almost feel like with a shit ton of ice, I could do the same thing with the Keurig. Probably. I mean, I can tell you from working my first job when I was 16 at McDonald's, the only way they make iced coffee is they brew it twice as strong and then add a shit ton of ice to it. Maybe that's the thing. Maybe it's just brewing it twice as strong. Because I do put a shit ton of coffee in there, just f- or like a, a grounds in mm-hmm. there, just for like one thing. It's like one scoop, but that seems like a lot for the amount of coffee that it's actually brewing. Mm-hmm. And also, I guess it does brew like the perfect amount for the cup because they give you like a special cup with it. Oh, do they really? Yeah. And it tells you where to fill up the ice and where to fill up the water. I can't get behind iced coffee. I just why? It's just, I don't know. If I, if I want coffee, I want hot. Like I don't do cold drinks other than water. Really, I like it's all warm for me. I drink tea. I drink coffee. Right. You don't, don't like iced tea? Uh, I mean, it's okay. There's too much sugar in it, though. I don't. I think it depends on the iced tea you get. Yeah. Maybe. Like I can enjoy a good like Arizona or Arnold Palmer, but like I feel like I kind of want to die after that. See, I don't think that those are too sugar. I like. I find brisk to be more sugary. Brisk is very sugary. Like, like Arizona, like for the most part, the iced tea. Well, I mean, like the Arnold Palmer is offset by the lemonade that's in it. The mm-hmm. lemonade is probably what makes it super sugary. But for the most part, I think the regular Arizona iced tea is pretty good. I mean, if like in, in terms of sugar, I should say. If it's given to me, I will drink it, yes. but I will never buy it. Hmm. That is my that is my sort of stance on iced tea. Um, but yeah, for the whole Duncan thing, I stopped to get a coffee because I didn't want to make one at my house because I'm a lazy American. Um, and I was like, eh, I've got a hash brown. I haven't eaten anything yet. Um, so I ordered a hash brown and she gave me the bag and I just chucked it in my passenger seat because yeah. what I usually do with my fast food bags, I just kind of chuck them. And as I threw it, I went, hmm, that felt lighter than it should have. <laughs> and the line is super long. So I've accepted already that if this is wrong, I'm not fixing it because right. I'm not getting back in that line and my lazy ass is not getting out of the car because right. I was too lazy to even make a damn coffee, which put me here in the first place. Which Duncan did you go? Did you go to the one over here? Yeah, the one right down there. I tried oh. going down to the one in my house, uh, but the line was super long and I was like, yeah, I ain't dealing with that. I'll just go but to the one. But you're in Massachusetts and it's summertime. Like, uh, correct. Pe- people are on vacations right now. It is uh, currently 10.30 on a Friday, which means every Duncan is currently busy. Yes. Um, but I got my coffee. It's okay. I don't like Duncan coffee very much. It's too watery for me. Yeah, I don't like Duncan coffee either. I'm more of a Starbucks guy, but I'm not driving to Somerset for Starbucks. <laughs> you could go to the one that's closer to you. There's one that's closer to you. you know? I know. It's down near the plaza, but I wasn't going to drive all the way down. Like, the Duncan is, like, a couple of minutes closer than the yeah. that. And I don't even know if the Fall River one's still, like, 
I assume it's still working, but I've never been to that one. I went once. It was pretty good. I it's mean, also $6 for a coffee, so I don't... Yeah, that's that's the problem with Starbucks, isn't it? I only buy Starbucks when I'm at work because it is usually given to me for free. Uh, I usually get Starbucks a lot when I'm with my girlfriend because we're either A, at Target, mm-hmm. or B, we're, her, she lives like right down the street from a Starbucks. Surprisingly, there's also a Dunkin' there, and it's a little bit closer, but we just... Obviously, we prefer... Yeah. Uh, Starbucks, so we just go a little extra bit. Just wish it wasn't so goddamn expensive. Oh, I know. Like it's great coffee. I know some people think it like tastes burnt or it's too strong, or whatever. But that's what I like. I like strong. Yeah, but I think just a lot of people are like me. And even then, like if you really want a sugary Starbucks coffee, you can get one. True. But like, I do think it is kind of crazy that like how much people are even more than me put way too much sugar in their coffee dude they essentially just make it into like a fucking dessert i feel like i get a sugar headache just looking at these people like it's crazy Mm. i'll like i'll be standing in line listening to people ahead of me order and i'm like good lord you had an espresso shot with 900 calories of sugar added on top of it yeah it's like they're like can i get two espresso shots and 15 splenda yeah (laughs) like what it's nuts man i don't know how these people do it yeah how are you been, Jacob? I've been good. I'm getting ready for vacation. Yeah, you uh, you said you're going on vacation this coming week, right? This coming week. Second, uh, f- second four o'clock on Saturday hits. Your boy's on vacation. <laughs> you will not see or hear from him for at least a week. Ten days. Ten days. Ten days. Ten glorious days outside of that building. I can't wait. Honestly. It's everything you ever wanted. Yes. It's the first vacation you've taken, right? I feel like we talked about no, this last no, no, time. No. We did talk about this last time. This is the second vacation I took. The last one was not really a vacation because in the middle of COVID. And yeah. I was saving my vacation because I was like, oh, well, maybe if, you know, everything opens up again, I'd rather do it then. You know, I didn't want to do it in the middle of summer. Basically, I was going to do it at first, like where we are now. Because I think I assumed by then. We'd be good. We'd be good. But we weren't. You were right, just off by year. Right. So then I took it in November because I was like, well, maybe I can save it for the last week of the year. Like, maybe they'll let me do that. And I, with how much of a fucking fight it was to get the week that I got last year, um, I don't think I would have gotten it even if it was offered, even if you were able to do it. Because it's like the week before the last week of the year mm-hmm. is when it's like the cutoff time to be like, yeah, you can do this and it still counts for this year. Yeah. So whatever. Now we're there, though. We're getting ready. And also, my my mind has been boggled by everything that's going on with this Kojima cons- conspiracy. I, I only heard about this in passing. There's somebody pretending to be? No, no. Jacob, Brad. Lay, lay it out for me. What's what? going on with this Kojima thing? See, so I've been following this story, like, kind of, like, on and off. Like, I haven't really been super in-depth with it like some people have. There's a whole subreddit built around it. Of course there is. And uh, I went and looked at, like, the sort of breakdown of it. And I could read you this whole thing, but it's, like, four separate chapters, if you will. Mm-hmm. And there's, like, ten bullet points for each one. So it would just take me, like, 20 minutes to read the whole thing to you. Mm-hmm. And so I'll just kind of give you the baseline thing. Okay. Do you, uh, do you want to explain the premise for uh, for someone who's not familiar with the Kojima thing at all? Okay, yes. So, um, I guess some backstory. In 2014, Hideo Kojima, maker of Metal Gear and former Konami employee, <laughs> um, dropped... Well, they made a fake studio, and Sony like announced, like, oh, we have this thing coming out in the PS Store called PT. It was at some show. I can't remember if it was, like, Gamescom or... Uh, 
Tokyo Game Show, something like Tokyo that. Tokyo Game Show sounds right to me, but I, I don't know. I don't remember. Might have been Gamescom. I remember being like more of a like, a, like worldwide focusing because Tokyo Game Show usually seems very insular to Tokyo, mainly because everything's in Japanese. Mm-hmm. And most of what you get out of it is just articles. I remember there being like a stage thing. Oh yeah, then that was probably Gamescom because I, I know it was because I know E3. it was an E three. Yeah. Um, and so it was. PT, which stood for Playable Teaser, and then at the end of, once people played that and got to the end of it, there was a trailer for what was, at the time, <laughs> called Silent Hills. Um, a new Silent Hill game made by Hideo Kojima and Guillermo del Toro. We're just going to have Norman read us. All the shit goes down with Konami and Kojima. Kojima leaves the company or gets ousted. We're not really sure exactly how it goes. I've heard a lot of conflicting stories about this. Like, that he was just basically bleeding money making the Fox engine. I 100% believe that based on the experience of that Stranding. Yes, and and also, like, bleeding money in terms of, like, just taking forever to make uh, Phantom Pain. <laughs> Once again, illustrated by uh, Death Stranding, probably true. Yes. Uh, Death Stranding, I think, as a product came out way quicker than I ever expected it to. I think that's because we had low expectations of Kojima, not because it was a particularly speedy development. I don't know. I mean, from, like, its announcement to to release, I feel like it was only, like, three years. Three no, three I feel years. like... Hold on, I'll Google it. You keep talking. Because I want to say it was, like, 2015, 2016 when he came out at E3, uh, like, with the God Lights on. Oh, I forgot about that. And remember, that's when he announced Death Stranding. We all were like, oh, Norman Reedus is in it again. Like, he's just yep. basically... He's getting his buddies back together. He's getting, his bu- he's getting the gang back together, if you will. <laughs> Him and the boys. Um... And then it came out, like, what, 2018, 2019? Uh, let's see. Death Stranding announcement. Uh, in October 2019. That's when it came out. It was announced that the game would be released on... Yeah, no, that was a release date. Oh, my God. Oh, I'm really fucking this up. Or did it come out 2020? No. Uh, the, sta- the reveal trailer came out at E3 2016. Okay. And then it was released. And release date... Uh, November twenty, uh, November eighth, twenty nineteen. Yeah. So three years. So three years, which is crazy for a Kojima game. Yeah, yeah. Actually, I take it back. That's remarkably speedy. Yeah. Um. So anyway, uh, Silent Hills is canceled. Everything goes to shit. Konami becomes Konami, which is basically just a pachinko machine maker, basically, and, and yeah. re-releaser of their old video games to to everyone's dismay. Yes. Um. And maker of a soccer game. That's about it. <laughs> and then. Uh, That's really their winner. Cut to me, yeah. Pro- honestly, at this point, no. The pachinko more. machines are definitely well. Making pachinko machines are definitely making more money, but in terms of video games, yeah, mm-hmm. soccer. I mean, it's not as big as FIFA. Obviously, Pez is not as big as FIFA, but no. it's still gonna make a shit ton of money for them because soccer is the world's most popular sport. What is even Pe- is Pez like a real thing? I have no idea. Or is that just made up for video games? It's a candy. <laughs> it's not PEZ. It's PES. <laughs> I mean, whatever. Whatever. Um... So then, uh, cut to like a couple weeks ago, this random ass trailer shows up on uh, the PlayStation blog, and it's announced as like a PlayStation Five exclusive for this game called Abandoned, coming from Blue Box Studios, and this guy whose name is like Hassan something. I can't remember exactly what his name is. It's a it's a foreign sounding name, um, but people quickly look at this trailer and is like, why is this? indie game getting such a push from Sony. Especially one that looks so poor from the trailer. Um, like, it looked like it was running like shit, and was... Um, like, the voiceover was very, like, kind of cringy. Like, it 
mm-hmm. didn't seem real. Like yeah. it seemed like a fake trailer. College student kind of thing. And then people start digging into it and realize everything in the trailer is like UE4 assets that you can just buy. Right. Like a procedural forest and, and all this kind of shit. And so like now people are like, what is going on with this game? Why would it get such a push from Sony if it's like just this random ass game? Right. Then like they look more into the developer and there's like weird stuff going on with that. He claims that the game has a $250,000 budget. Yet it's like, uh, once again, getting this huge blowout. They go, and then he starts saying, like, it's going to have realistic graphics, realistic shooting, 4K 60 FPS, dual sense support, which is crazy on a $250,000 budget mm-hmm. and, like, s- supposedly a small team. Then people throw his name into Google Translate and realizes it translates into, like, some language. I forget which one. I don't know if it's Japanese or whatever, that it's like, I'm. It's me, I'm coming, Hideo, or like Hideo is, is in there somehow. So then people start thinking, oh, it's Silent Hill. Right. Maybe Kojima's back with Konami. The Death Stranding trailer at E3 really fucks people up because there was like literal Metal Gear music, I think, in that trailer. Mm-hmm. So people think that maybe that's like a sign that like the relationship is mended. Who fucking knows? Um, but then all this weird stuff just starts coming out. Like nobody knows who this guy is at first. Nobody knows, like, what's going on. They've never heard of this studio. There's, like, a couple random Kickstarter projects that have come from this studio in the past that all seemingly either just didn't make their goal or got canceled and then cited private investors, but then nothing ever came of it. Right. Then, finally, like, there was a video of the guy that came out that was like, hey, I'm Hassan, blah, blah, blah. I'm a real person. I'm not Hideo Kojima. I'm not affiliated with Konami, blah, blah, blah. But, like, it, it's not convincing. It's not a convincing video. It looks like a video with somebody with a gun off screen. <laughs> which, like, I don't think that that's the actual thing going on here. But, mm-hmm. like, it seems like somebody who's, like, making a video. To, it almost looks like a kidnapping victim being like, I'm fine, everybody. Don't worry. Mm-hmm. Like, nothing crazy going on here. Uh, maybe I'm conflating that a lot with the Britney Spears stuff going on lately, too. That was wild. That is wild. It's crazy to hear about that. But, like, it, it seems very similar to those sorts of things where, like, when you look at the Instagram posts that she was putting to be, like, I'm fine when all this stuff started. Mm-hmm. Seems very similar sort of tone in just the way, like, these videos are made. The way it's presented, yeah. The way it's presented. Then Jeff Keeley gets involved. Oh, God. And he is saying that he's going to be part of the announcement for this thing. Which, why the fuck would he be part of the I was going to say, I'm feeling like I don't see where the confusion's coming from until Jeff Keighley gets himself involved. Well, that's the thing. Is like Jeff Keighley's like a big deal guy in video games. If you don't know video games, like Jeff Keighley's like the gaming journalist, I guess you could say. Mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't really know if he does any like journalism anymore. He seems to be more of an event maker now. But like he's like a big deal in yeah. video games. Like He runs like game awards and summer games fest. And like he gets scoops. He knows about everything going on in video games more than anybody on this planet ever will, probably. He's, he's definitely up there. Yeah. He, other than maybe the people making the actual video games themselves, he knows probably about more projects than we'll ever know. Mm-hmm. Things that have either come out or been canceled or whatever. So he gets involved saying that he's going to help with the announcement. He's talked to Hassan. And then there's other things going on where he's like, it's not Kojima. And then people are interviewing this Hassan guy and being like, I'm not convinced by what's 
he said he seems like a Peter Molyneux type who's overpromising, which if you're just a random PR guy pretending to be a developer, you would overpromise. Mm-hmm. Then these like other studios start getting involved. Like they have support studios that are involved. Like there's one company called Noir, who they seem to be like concept artists, right? Who work on stuff, and then like weirdly enough, they worked on Death Stranding as concept art, and I think like animators, like it's in their portfolio. And how do you afford support studios on a two hundred fifty thousand dollar budget? That's what I'm saying. And there's like his studio, Blue Box Games itself, seems to be ten people, but then they have like a team of fifty plus people that are also working on it as a sports studio that is like for programming. Then they have this art studio that works on big games, like not just Death Stranding. Like they worked on like Avengers and Elder Scrolls Online and Fallout seventy six, like all this shit that's like mm-hmm. bigger AAA games. Why the fuck are they helping out this tiny little development studio with a 250k budget? And if so, if the stories are true and they have a 50 plus support team, these people are working for peanuts. Yeah. Even if you're like, oh, well, our team is mostly freelancers, they still charge way above the regular rate that somebody who works at a company would. Uh, I mean, I don't. Yeah, the math's not adding up. The math's not adding up here. There's supposed to be like an app that's supposed to come out on PS5 today but so far has not shown up that it's supposed to be like the trailer for what the game actually is rendered in real time mm-hmm. which sounds very PT-ish yes um, what was the other thing and then like Konami's been like uh, spinning up the Silent Hill marketing machine right now really? because it's like an anniversary coming up maybe I don't know but like they've been like posting like t-shirts for Silent Hill that mm-hmm. are going up in their store they did like a big blow up for like a skateboard deck with, like, a pyramid head on it. So, like, why the fuck would they be doing that unless something's nowhere. coming? Yeah. You know? So so that's kind of where we're at right now. We don't know what's going on. The PS5 app has not come out yet, at least at this point. A lot of evidence is pointing towards it being Kojima and stuff. Because this is where I get all fucked up on this. Because, honestly, I could see this going either way. And, honestly, that's why I'm in the middle with Team Chaos. I just love the chaos of this. Mm-hmm is either it's a developer who's just riding the free PR. He's like, you guys think it's Silent Hill? I'm not going to tell you that it's not because I think my game's legitimately cool and maybe you'll like it because it's Silent Hill-esque. Mm-hmm. But it's not Silent Hill. I'm not Hideo Kojima, whatever. But then why wouldn't you just deny it like outright instead of being like cheeky about it? Uh, it's better PR if you don't deny it. That's the thing, though. I mean... I, I like, like the he, idea. He, he has said, I'm not Hideo Kojima. I'm not related to Konami. Mm-hmm. I got to imagine somebody at legal was like, hey, you need to like get out in front of that at some point. Right. But like he's not really getting that much out in front of it and like not really reiterating it. Like they did like the one video mm-hmm. and that's it. Then the weird thing, I forgot to mention this, is that that video of him being like, hey, I'm a real person, blah, blah, blah. 20 minutes after it was posted, liked by Kojima Productions Twitter account. And then unliked after the fact once people noticed. Uh, what? I. Oh, I, and then too, the other weird thing is that their official accounts. Yep. Like the Noir Studios and then the Blue Box account. The only accounts that they're following are like the people related to the project itself, and Kojima, Konami, and Kojima Productions. All right, this is a, this is probably a giant marketing scheme then. It's got to be, like, I'm, so then the other thing is that this really is, like, Kojima trying to do his fake studio fuckery for the third time. Yep. And it's not working because people just see through it immediately. 
So it's like either way, it's like a win-win scenario because either I get to say, hey, here was a cool, fun, like, thing for a couple weeks. Mm -hmm. And it ended up with, like, a lot of people being happy about Silent Hill. Or I get to see Silent Hill fans cry and get really mad at this dude because he's pulling some fuckery. Yeah, I like the idea that this dude, if in the event that it's not Silent Hill, accidentally became Hideo Kojima for a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> like, without intending to be. Um, but that's... I can't imagine a world where that's not a marketing scheme. At first, I was like, well, this just seems like the internet doing what the internet does. Where right. it's just taking, where they just immediately assume something. Yeah, they take tiny bits of information and then do wild speculation. But, like, with you put all of that together, it's hard to deny that, like, something's not going on. Like, Jeff no. Keighley being involved. The size of the teams being involved. The fact that they all seem to know... Every piece of them seem to know each other be connected to Kojima in some way. Yeah. Either because they're a studio he works for, has worked for, or is currently in charge of. Yeah. Like... The other weird thing, too, with... With this is that, um... Kojima Productions recently hired someone who's very well-versed... Like, in their marketing department, who's well-versed in ARGs, <laughs> alternate reality games... <laughs> Um, which people found that listing. And then also the other weird thing was there was something else too. And I literally just had it in my head and I completely lost it. I'm going to think about it, but like keep going with what you were saying. I, just, I, I was going to say, I love the uh, accidental ARG that's going on yeah. here, but we haven't had like an, a real honest to God ARG since like Halo since Cloverfield, probably. Oh, I forgot about Cloverfield. Yeah. Cloverfield was fun. Cloverfield was a good one. Um, it's it's not a popular marketing tactic. No. Um, They're always fun when they can get going. Yeah, it's the thing. Is like I feel like most companies look at it as like a too risky of an investment opportunity. Yeah. Like, because if you put all the effort and the time into making an ARG and it just doesn't pick up traction, it fails. Exactly. Like an, an ARG is like it needs momentum to carry it forward. Otherwise, nobody gives a shit. Like uh, Overwatch had this problem with Sombra uh, when she was coming out. She had an ARG associated with her, and it was just so convoluted and it went on too long, and people got sick of it, and it bungled the launch of the character. Yeah. Um. So it's, it's tough to make it like work right but when it does they're really really fun yeah so I mean it's gonna be interesting to see how this shakes out yeah it's one of those things where like I only heard it in passing and I was like I, I the headline was like accidental Kojima ARG and I'm like what the hell is going on <laughs> I, I really I don't know what the answer is at this point because I feel like it's like it, it I feel like it's too it's too obvious of, like, a thing mm -hmm. to really be, like, a well-done ARG in terms of, like, what's happening. But also, like, if it's not that and it really is just this indie game, like, this dude is fucked. Yeah. This game is not going to be... is not going to go the way he thinks that it's going to go. If he thinks, like, oh, I'm just going to ride this marketing until until my game comes out. Like, mm -hmm. It's not going to go the way he thinks it's going to go. Then also there was all the rumors too. This is the thing I was referring to. There were the rumors last year, like once like this PS5 reveal was coming out, that there was some sort of Silent Hill thing in, going on. Mm -hmm. Like that Sony had like gotten the rights or, or was working with Konami and, I mean, like, to secure it as an exclusive. And, and like there was trademark filings, I think, or something yeah. like that. So something's going on. Just how deep does it go? Yes. That's the real How question. deep does the rabbit hole go, Jacob? It's the question we're always asking. It is. It is. The question is, though, is that if it is Silent Hill, does it actually come out this time? No. I think it does. You think? Because I think, honestly, I think it's Konami's 
is hands off at this point. I feel like it's like Sony being like, we'll pay you for use of the IP. Yeah, you know just what? Just stay the fuck out of it. When you put it that way, I think Konami at this point in their company cycle is thinking, if we can just make money off the IP without having to, to do anything with it, like if we just license it to them. I mean, that's what those pachinko machines are. Exactly. Point. Like, I don't think they're going to, I don't think they're going to give the IP to Sony. They're not going to sell it to them, but I think they will license it. It's just, is Sony going to do that? Because Sony likes ownership. Sony wants things on their platform. That's the thing, though, is that if Sony can be like, we're footing the cost of development, we're just buying the IP, like, we're buying this IP right to you, then, like, it's staying here. Mm -hmm. Like, I think they can do that. It's similar, I guess, to the Spider-Man situation. Yeah. Like, Sony doesn't own the Spider-Man rights other than the films. Mm -hmm. And, like, that game is still just a PlayStation game. I doubt it will ever come to another platform. No, it's unlikely. Yeah. In six years, maybe we'll see it on PC. Maybe. <laughs> and even then, yeah. I doubt yeah, it. I wouldn't hold it's your breath. Too, it's too big. Like, It's almost the other thing of like, there was rumors of Uncharted 4 coming to PC. I don't ever see that game leaving PlayStation. That's like their biggest franchise probably right now. It's either that or Last of Us. Yeah, I was Last of say. Us bungled it a little bit. That is one of the most polarizing launches we've had in a while. I haven't played it, but I know what happens in it, and I don't care for the, yeah. the storyline. I don't give a shit about all the other weird political things that people have problems with, like the fact that that Abby character is clearly like a like a representation of like a, a trans person, although she's not trans, but like she's very masculine. Yeah, I mean so she's just like a buff get lady. Get mad at it for that. Yeah, man, she's just a buff lady. Like I don't give a shit about any of that. I give a shit about like the way the story's written. And yeah. It just doesn't seem... Also, Laura Bailey's in it. If you have a problem with Laura Bailey, then I don't want anything to do with you. I don't have a problem with Laura Bailey. Laura Bailey's in too much stuff. Laura I Bailey... I have the same problem with Laura Bailey that I do with Troy Baker and Nolan North. There are yeah. too many things. Well, you know, the funny part is, is they're all friends. And the funny part is they're all Avengers. Yes. <laughs> it's like Laura Bailey, uh, Nolan North, uh, Ashley Johnson. Um, who else is in that little group? Um, there's like... There's a whole, Matt Mercer. Whole, yeah, Matt Mercer, because like this, is, it's like Travis half, Willingham, cause half Laura the critical role cast. Yes, they're all friends. Although I guess Troy and Nolan aren't friends anymore. No, you don't remember that? You didn't hear about their YouTube channel imploding? No, I don't. I don't remember that at all. Oh yeah, uh, I guess I don't know. I don't know if it was like a thing of like they just didn't have time or whatever. But I heard like something where they just like they're not cool anymore. I don't know. No, that sucks. Yeah, they. I liked their YouTube channel. Yeah, they, I mean, they seemed like decent dudes. They seemed like good buds. Yeah, I watched the video where they played Enter the Matrix. That was kind of fun. <laughs> I think I know why it imploded. They played Enter the Matrix for content. <laughs> no, listen. I've always said, like, I could never be a streamer because I don't want to play, like, whatever the big streaming game is. Mm-hmm. Like, honestly, like, I think of all the big streaming games that are right now, the only one I actually enjoy playing is Call of Duty Warzone, and I'm not good enough to stream myself playing it. Right. So, like, I wouldn't do that. If I was going to stream, I would stream shit nobody cares about. Mm-hmm. And that's why I could never be a streamer. Because I would stream, like, old, weird Wii games. <laughs> like, I'd be like, yeah, tonight we're playing the Grudge game for Wii. Or we're playing fucking... Remember Deadly Creatures? The one where you played as a spider at a, at a fucking... What's it called? No, I don't remember that at all. It was so weird. It was like you played as a spider and a... I want to say scorpion. And you just walked around, fought things. And there was, like, humans that were played by Billy Bob Thornton and Dennis Hopper for some reason. <laughs> and it was a Wii game. Uh, the Wii was a magical time. Remember Mad World on the Wii? Mad World. It was a platinum game. It was uh, it was like black and white, but the only like color in it was like when you murdered somebody. Yeah, with it was a the blood, right? Yeah, was it the was blood. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I remember that. Yeah, that was a cool game. 
Do I miss the Wii? The Wii was like the last time I think we got like legitimately like fun dumb shit. Well, I mean, I think shovelware is the word <laughs> you're going for, but well, no, don't get me wrong. I mean, there's definitely a ton of shovelware, but I think I think like when they people were actually trying to make like real games for it that were exclusive to the Wii, like people were doing like cool weird shit. Yeah, like, it felt almost like an extension of like remember how, like the PS2 era had so many weird games mm-hmm. that you were just like, what the fuck is this? Like Guitaru Man. Remember Guitaru Man? No, I can't say that I do. Like it was like a weird Japanese game, but it was like you like played guitar and you did that to like fight people but it like wasn't like a guitar hero type game it was like you did like fucking rhythm game motions with the controller i don't know it was weird though it's a weird game you have an extensive knowledge of obscure weird games that probably nobody else in the world remembers or cares about yeah you could go up to the developer one of these games like hey you remember this thing you made the book what the hell are you talking about (laughs) Why are you talking? Why are you talking to me about the Chicken Little game that was based on the movie at the end of Chicken Little? That one I remember. Funny enough, Ace in Action. <laughs> you know what's so weird was for some reason when I was a kid, I loved the movie Chicken Little. I don't know why it's not a very good Disney movie. It's not. It's one of their worst ones, I think. Yeah, maybe. Honestly, in retrospect, but like when that game came out, I was like, "This is so cool!" Mm-hmm. Like they took a part of the movie and made it a thing. Like that's so cool. Like, in my head, like, I was like, this is revolutionary. (laughs) (laughs) It's breaking new ground. (laughs) Truly, it's breaking new ground. Not knowing that Disney is just appealing to my my fucking kid brain that just wants to consume. Yeah. (laughs) You know what I mean? Your kid brain that puts the dots together. I was like, oh, that's from that thing. I like that. I like that thing. (laughs) I want that. You know what's so funny is that there were so many games I wanted as a kid that, like, in retrospect now, when I look at, like, gameplay of, I'm like, wow, this was, like, shit. Yeah. Like, just so many games that I wanted as a kid. Like, that were, and they were all, like, movie games. Mm-hmm. They were all, like, yeah, no, I want to play, like, this random-ass Star Wars game that nobody's ever heard of for a good reason because it looks like shit. Movie games are almost universally bad. Like, it's very rare you get, like, a good one. Yeah. And I think I can count, like, the good ones on one hand. I it's probably like Riddick. I never played. It was like a cool like first person game. Star Breeze or no? They I don't think they were Star Breeze at the time. Before they became Star Breeze, mm-hmm. they worked on it. That was a good game. Vin Diesel very involved in it because he's just a nerd. He is a huge nerd. Big D and D guy. Yeah. Um, owns his own video game studio. Does he really? Yeah. I didn't know that. They worked on Riddick. Mm-hmm. And the Wheel Man, remember the Wheel Man on Xbox 360? <laughs> Where you played as Vin Diesel? He lives. They a work strange... exclusively on games that star Vin Diesel. Yeah. I should just point that out. But it's it's not Vin Diesel's video game company. It's the Vin Diesel video game company. Right. Essentially, he owns it, but also they make games exclusively starring him. So they did like Riddick Wheel Man, which was. I don't know why they didn't just make that a Fast and Furious game. Because mm-hmm. he's essentially just Dominic Toretto in it. But he's like a getaway driver. Do we have a Fast and Furious now, game? Now, let me get to the third game that I can think of that Tygon Studios, which is owned by Vin Diesel, made. Fast and Furious Crossroads, which just came out last year. Uh, which they made with the Project Cars people. And apparently it's a big piece of shit. Really? Haven't played it. I remember thinking, that looks alright. And then I just was like, I don't need to spend $60 on a Fast and Furious game. 
No, I mean, I'm, I'm sure it'd be an experience, but not a $60 experience. There's been a couple Fast and Furious games. Has there really? Yeah. There was like a PS2 one that was like kind of based on Tokyo Drift. And I only say that because I've never played it, but it had like Japanese lettering on the cover and it came out around the same time. So I assume it's related to Tokyo Drift. I would assume so. And then there was, there's like the arcade ones that you always see at a movie theater or an arcade. Mm-hmm. Has Zayden play those things? When I go to a movie theater, I'm there to watch a movie. I'm not going to hang out in the lobby to play a... When I was a teenager, I remember playing those. Because it would be like you're waiting for your parents to pick you up after the movie. Mm -hmm. So that was like when I remember playing those. And then... um, There's another Fast and Furious game. It's on like 360 that's also a big piece of shit. I just think it's so crazy you can't make a good Fast and Furious game, but I guess kind of Grand Theft Auto jacked that. I mean, you would just make it a mixture between Grand Theft Auto and Need for Speed. Which is basically what Wheelman was. Yeah. And Which I is why I don't know why they didn't just relate <laughs> that to Fast and Furious. Like, just like, make it Dominic Toretto. Instead of Milo, whatever the fuck his name was. You're... <laughs> Sorry, I'm, I'm laughing here, but like you constantly astound me with the knowledge that you hold in that head of yours. Uh, I know. Like, you could... I, I don't think you guys totally understand this. This happens off mic, too. But if I don't stop him or interject at some point, he will literally talk for hours about obscure 360 Wii and PS2 games that I promise you, you've never heard of. (laughs) I've done it many times. And it is practically a superpower, if I'm being totally honest with you. It's kind of glorious. Yeah, like, I mean, I, there's some stuff I can do that with, but even my knowledge of, like, voice actors and anime and manga and shit does not, it pales in comparison to your knowledge of obscure uh, mid-2000s video games. I don't know why this just came to my head. Remember Wet? No, what the hell is Wet? Wet was, like, a Max Payne knockoff that Bethesda made on Xbox 360 that was, um, it had, like, a grindhouse style to it, and you played as, like, a girl. Mm-hmm. But I just remember it being a big deal because the voice actress was Elijah Dushku from... I think she was on Buffy. She's in a bunch of stuff. Who the fuck is Elijah Dushku? If you saw her, you'd know who that is. Okay. She's in a bunch of, like... Because I feel shit. like that name would be very memorable to me. Yeah, she... You definitely have seen her before. Mm-hmm. Maybe you haven't seen something with her in it, but she's she was in a lot of nerd shit back in the day. Um, so I'm sure that you've at least seen her once or twice. But yeah, yeah. More than likely. I was into a lot of nerd shit. I still am, funny yeah. enough. Well, it was a bad game, though. And I remember, <laughs> playing the, I remember playing the demo a shit ton, like on like an old Xbox magazine disc I had, mm-hmm. and then um, playing the full game and realizing, wow, it really doesn't get better than that opening area. <laughs> it only goes downhill from here. Pretty much, yeah. Because, I mean, they really blow their wad. It's like you do like a whole big shootout, and then like you get into a car chase like Mm -hmm. and then the rest of the game is just kind of (laughs) boring I wish I could use this knowledge for something like I wish I could there was like a game show for this Mm -hmm. because I would win (laughs) I would be the Ken Jennings of that game show you absolutely would be but I can't I have no you have no outlet for your your extensive knowledge yes you could be an obscure YouTube channel that's about Exactly, and that's why I was like, oh man, I should be a streamer and just stream shit nobody cares about, but mm. then nobody's going to watch me. Yeah. Unless I maybe did a YouTube video and, like, maybe if I clipped out my VODs. I don't know. I mean, I, I, I like the concept of streaming. I would like to be a streamer, but the kind of games that I play, I don't know that. Exactly. I mean, well, I play, like, primarily fighting games, or I play, like... Souls. I play. I don't. I haven't played a Souls game since Demon Souls came out. Cause just because there's nothing for me to play right now, yeah. and I don't have the I don't have the energy to try and do another Souls or a, a Demon Souls playthrough because 
the world mechanics in that game are just fucking punishing, and it sucks. Um, but yeah, I play like fighting games, and I I'm not good enough at them to really like warrant streaming them. Like mm-hmm. I'm I'm okay. I'm better than average. No. Um, I'm I'm almost I'm at floor ten in Strive. I'm almost celestial, but like I don't. I don't know. I just I don't see why anybody would like. I wouldn't feel comfortable streaming it just because like what the what the hell do you what are you watching me for? My other my other problem with streaming is I feel like I'm I'm not very talkative while I'm playing games mm-hmm. unless I'm playing like a multiplayer game, which is why I think maybe those do like the best in terms of streaming because they're easier to talk while you do. They're easy to talk while you do because either number one you don't need to be that focused on it. Mm-hmm. Like at the end of the day, who really gives a shit? But also, it's like you know, you're you have to communicate with another person. Yeah. So, it helps bounce off things. It's the same reason why I could never do a one-person podcast. I mean, I could just go mm-hmm. and talk because I love to hear myself talk. <laughs> but I don't think that I could, in theory, keep that up and make it interesting. Like more credit to Bill Burr than anything, because mm-hmm. he can do a podcast by himself every fucking Monday, and I'm like, I have no clue how you do it. But See, good for you. That's the kind of thing that like. That's actually something I'm I'm pretty good at is like talking while I'm playing a game, yeah. and keeping a conversation going on my own. Mm. Um, it's just because like I that's how I learned how to work through problems was I would talk to myself like literally talk out loud to just kind of solve it, and so I got really good at like doing something while talking, mm. and so it's really easy for instead of solving problems with my talking, I'm just talking about something like I can talk. I'm I was sitting there playing Ninja Gaiden, talking to my brother about anime, and I didn't miss a beat. Right. Like it's just something I'm I, I I my brain is now disconnected from my hands mm-hmm. in a way that like makes it really really good for that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, Ninja Gaiden, by the way, fucking great game. I played that they're, hundreds of times. They're putting out re-releases, aren't they? Of uh, the trilogy. Yeah, he bought it. I bought it on Steam. Oh, it's out. Yeah, it's on. Uh, the, uh, the problem is they the trilogy they released is the Sigma trilogy, which is garbage. Aren't those um, the better versions? Though? They they were marketed as the better versions. They're not. Um, at least for the first game, I can't speak for the other two, but Sigma One well, is. I think I think the reason why they did that for the first one is they lost the source code for for Black for yeah the original. I mean, I wouldn't think so because they re- they released Black on um, Xbox. Yeah, but that's just re-releasing the game files. That's not like. Yeah, I suppose it's not literally the code base for it. It's just like you know, here's a digital version of this game. Um, but yeah, Black is definitely the better version. The Sigma yeah. is not great. Hmm. Um, it's not bad. It's still a really fun game. And so, wait, they, so was the original Ninja Gaiden just called Ninja Gaiden? Well, not the original Ninja Gaiden, because that's like an the, NES the game. The NES stuff. But like the, when they came, when they rebooted the series, was it originally called Ninja Gaiden Black, or was there like just one called just Ninja Gaiden? I, it was just Ninja Gaiden. Black was the, um, the re, or not the remastered version, but it had like all the extra DLC and stuff. Um, although it wasn't like real DLC at the time, it was like a it challenge was mode. Just like extra content. Yeah, it was challenge. You got like a cool challenge mode. You got a, uh, some extra weapons. I think the lightsaber came with black. It was the Super Street Fighter of. Kind of, yeah. Um, and then Sigma came out and took out a bunch of shit and changed a bunch of stuff. Yeah. What's funny is that I've played Black so much. I know that game front to back. I've played it like literally dozens and dozens of times. I can point out every change that happens in Sigma as it happened. Because I think this is the first time I've played Sigma. I don't think I've ever actually played this version. Yeah. Um, and it, it's thrown me for a loop. Because like I'm going around corners. I'm like, oh, there's supposed to be a scarab right here. And I'm like, oh, there's not a scarab here anymore. What happened? Where, where the fuck did they move it? Yeah. Um, but they added three chapters. Have you ever played Ninja Gaiden? No. 
Um, there's a female character, uh, the epitome of the, that era's female design, where she's literally just a pair of tits with a with a weapon. Wait, was Sigma the one that came out on PS3? Yes. Ah, because I remember this at the time, because if you had the six-axis controller, you could shake it and her tits would shake. Yep. Uh, still in the PC version, funny oh, enough. Good. Um, Glad. They gave her three chapters uh, in the game, so yeah. you could, which you couldn't, she wasn't a playable character in, in black. Um, and they're actually really fun. Like, they're not long or really in-depth or add anything interesting. You could just get to fight some enemies as her. Um, but she, the weapon she uses is the Warhammer, the, the big mm. swingy fucking thing. Um... She uses it way differently than Ryu does, like your main character. And it's actually really... I don't know if they intended to do this or not. I don't know if they were like thinking with this in mind. But after using her playing with the Warhammer and then getting it as Ryu and him using it, hmm. the feel, the difference in feeling is like, wow, Ryu sucks with this weapon. He has no idea how to use it. He's swinging it like an animal. But she like kind of dances around with it. She like chops people's heads off. It's really cool. Yeah. Like There's that cool like little... like. I guess four aspect to it. Like no. it's her weapon; she knows how to use it. It's different. That's the only benefit of this version so far. <laughs> Honestly, like the rest of it's not great. Hmm. But that's what I've that's what I've been playing so far. And I have no idea why I went off on that tangent. Um, I brought up black. We're talking about old. Oh, game, games. yeah, games I was playing that I wouldn't want to stream. Like I wouldn't stream that. I feel like that would be interesting though, where like you know the game front to back, you know what's different in it. Mm-hmm. Like that that could make for an interesting stream and or like YouTube video. Yeah. But like, is anyone really gonna give a shit? About that's the thing. Ninja Gaiden. That that's like my whole problem with it is like, because I feel like I could talk about, or I could even sit there and make fun of weird old games. Mm-hmm. But like, number one, who's gonna want to watch that? Like, that would be the thing that would get me talking. I'd be like, this is, a f- like, why the fuck do you play as a spider in this Wii game? This is <laughs> fucking weird. You know what I mean? Like, who thought of this concept? Mm-hmm. And how did they get Billy Bob Thornton involved? <laughs> You know what I mean? How like did that phone like that. call go? <laughs> like, I would sit there and I could riff on that for a little while. But, like, I I don't think I could do that with, like, Warzone. Right. Or Among Us. You know what I mean? Like, Among Us, I guess, is kind of fun because you have the lying aspect of it. I see that. That's a big detriment to me is I don't like those kind of games. Town of Salem, Among Us, like, those community liar games. Werewolves Within. Yeah, like, I don't. I, I've never liked those kind of games. Yeah. I've never. I've played them. I've tried them. But I just. They're not my cup of tea. Hmm. Anything that, in, that forces me to interact with other humans, I don't want to. No. I will beat the hell out of you in a fighting game, but I don't want to have to interact with you. You like the interactions when you want it. Yeah, basically. Like, like the one time we ever played a multiplayer game together, which was the time we played Overwatch together. And that's it. That's the only time we've ever played a game together, Brad. Is that true? Yes, I think so. <laughs> I think that's true. Because, like... I can't think of any other time. Other than, like, when we've been in the same room playing a game Yeah, like, we've recorded content together where, like, one of us played, the other watched. And then, like, we would pass off the controller or something like that. Yeah, because I remember, like, we've done that with Dark Souls and Bloodborne. That didn't go anywhere because we, uh, you weren't a fan of the games at the time. We did that with the Transformers game. Well, we did did a stream for, like, our year anniversary of doing that other podcast we did. Yep. And then we did Slender. (laughs) I... It's still one of the my favorite things that we've ever done. It was fun, even like, though that game is awful. That game is awful. Um, however, I am a coward, and even that even that game was a uh, was fun. Honestly, I feel like that game after the first two chapters is not scary. No, not at all. Because it's um, like the house is creepy, and then the woods obviously is like the classic slender thing. Like I still that. remember that there's like some some woman running around with like yes, I, I don't know if it was supposed to be cocaine or whatever it was on her, but we all we kept calling it powdered donut shit, powdered donut lady. 
because uh, there's like a part where you had to turn on generators, and like sh- once you turn on like two of them, she would start chasing you, mm-hmm. and you had to like shine a flashlight in her face or something, and she would run away because you don't have any weapons in that game. It was a wild game. Yeah, one of my favorite pieces of content we ever made was when we did the trailer for the final part, and it was and it. It's literally like this big long introduction, and then it just cuts to us being like, "Where the fuck do we go?" Because we couldn't find it. There was like one area where like there weren't like, there wasn't the set path. Yep. And there wasn't the invisible walls up, so we had no clue. Where like the wandering fuck to go. over the hills. Like yeah, we're like, I don't think we're supposed to be up here. <laughs> uh, yeah, I feel like I'm gonna walk into a kill box any second now. Like where the yeah. hell are we like, going? We're gonna walk off the edge of the map or something. Oh. How have we known each other for 10 years? And only played one video game. And together. played one, a game that neither of us are even particularly fond of. Like, I like Overwatch. I'm pretty sure you, you like yeah, it, too. I, like, I got really into Overwatch like when I played it on... I think the reason why we played it was like a free weekend on PC. I had just gotten my PC. Yep. You primarily were playing on PC. You mm-hmm. had an Xbox, but you never really played on it. Yeah. Um, and then I was like, well, why don't we play Overwatch together? It's a free weekend. Might as well try it. Because I had never played it at that point. We played, like, a couple games together, and then I think you had to go, and that's it. That's yeah. the only time we've ever played a video game together. And I think it's just because we don't play the same kind of games. No, we really don't. We have very different tastes in yeah. games. Like, we could play a fighting game together, but, like, how fun is that going to be for two dumbasses who don't know what they're doing? Yeah, I mean, I, how, do you play a lot of fighting games? Honestly, the only fighting game I ever play, like, extensively, or, sorry, it depends on how you count it. Like, Smash, I mm-hmm. play a lot, and then, like... Mortal Kombat whenever a new one comes out, but I mostly just do the story mode and then I bounce off. Yeah, see, I'm I'm not I'm I have a love hate relationship with fighting games. I play them as much as I do because my brother likes them and I refuse to lose to that little shit. You're right. Um, so I play I play them a lot. Like I, I go I grind ranked. I, I get up to I'm I'm usually a pretty high rank in every mm-hmm. fighting game that I play. Um, I prefer the anime games because duh. Right, like Dragon Ball, I'm sure you really like. <laughs> Dragon Ball, Strive. I played Grand Blue, which was really fun. Um, although it was kind of, it was really simple. Um, is Grand Blue related to Blaze Blue? Uh, it is not. I'm different. Blaze Blue. I d- I didn't play actual Blaze Blue. I played uh, BB Tag, which was so stupid, but it was a lot of fun. And there's a thousand characters from a bunch of different franchises. Like you can play the Persona Four and uh-huh. uh, Arena guys. You could play like. Um, the the Unist guys you could play the, the, the Ruby characters were in there you could play as Yang, Weird. I love Yang like I don't like the show or the the content or anything but the idea that she has shotgun fists and she's essentially the Hulk because like the more pissed off she gets the stronger she gets is like perfect for me like right. that's that's I don't know I you like stupid shit like that I love stupid shit and Monty Ohm's like designs yeah. are so stupid. But I love them. They're like stupid in the great way. Like, yeah. like the gun scythe. The gun scythe is so dumb, but so great. The yeah. fact that Blake has like guns that are knives, but also on ribbons. It's it's awesome. I do like the idea of, of knife ribbons. Like, how do you not? How has that not been a weapon before that? I don't know. Like, like that sounds like it would be great in a Ninja Gaiden game. Uh, Michael. I mean, I guess. Sorry. <laughs> no, you're not wrong. Actually, they have a lot of nunchuck weapons in there. I don't know how they haven't had. I like, was gonna. I was gonna say. I guess you could call the blades of chaos uh, knife ribbons. If that's you really actually not to. a bad point. Yeah, the blades of chaos could be knife ribbons. Um, from God of War, of course. Uh, Michael Jones' character has uh, gunchucks. Where like literally they're nunchucks that he twirls around and they shoot as he spins them. 
That seems like it would just be horribly dangerous. Absolutely, I mean, all of his weapons are horribly da- dangerous, but they're like they're not practical. They don't uh, like the laws of physics don't work on Monteon weapons, um, which is weird because he's such a he had such a great like strong sense of choreography mm-hmm. that like I feel like he would be more like accustomed or like more driven towards like realistic style right. stuff. Not the case at all. God bless him, rest in peace. But he had a wonderful, wonderful style that I loved. I always said I think it would have been great, just based on his work with Red versus Blue, as if he had gotten to like do the cutscenes in an actual Halo game. Yeah, like that would have been like imagine like him with like a big budget behind him. That would have been beautiful. Or if he would have gotten to work on that Ruby video game that was terrible. It was not great. What is Rooster? Is Rooster Teeth even a company really anymore? Yeah, everyone seems to keep getting me too to that company. They uh. <laughs> Tell me I'm wrong. <laughs> oh God, yeah, yeah. They had they had some rough patches. Um, Half of the achievement hunter staff is just gone. <laughs> um, yeah, whether they quit or whether they groomed a 17 year old, they seem to just be gone. Yeah, I that that was rough. Um, mostly because I liked him. But let it re- let the record show. Was I not right the whole time? Were you right the whole time? I don't was know. I not saying... Well, I wasn't saying he was grooming 17-year-olds, but the whole time I remember saying, something's going on with him. <laughs> he doesn't seem like he is on the up and up, mainly because of his interactions with Meg Turney. We're talking about Ryan yeah. from Achievement Hunter, for anybody who doesn't know. But I remember always saying, like, something's going on with the two of them. Because they always were, like, a little too close-seeming. Mm-hmm. Even even as friends, they always seemed a little too close. But like I, and then you were like, "No, nah, he's married. It can't be." I was like, "Maybe you're right, but no, something's up with that guy." And something was just not with. Uh, come to find out, no, not with him or not with her. Rather, I'll, I'll give myself partial credit for it. <laughs> you get one of those weird plus minus ones that you got on third grade on your test. I basically just got like a B minus on this. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, that company's still around. They're still producing stuff. Um, but like, do they even make like online? Like, other than like Achievement Hunter making like gaming videos anymore like do they even like make online shit anymore like? rvb is still a thing Ruby's, is it yep they're still oh going god i cannot believe that Red um, versus blue is still running they're on like season 14 or whatever it is at this point um ruby is still a thing um they're still producing live action content um yeah there's i mean i follow some of them on twitter just because i like the part the ones that i like i still kind of keep up with you still have a twitter account yeah i use it for news uh-huh. i use twitter as like a super focused reddit basically like i want news and what's happening with these people specifically or right. these companies and twitter is great for that and i use it for artists too because like if there's an artist that i like yeah i follow them on twitter and girls only fans too i'm sure no i don't do it more of a patreon kind of guy i want to support your uh you're, you're producing something i'll support it but i'm not paying for only fans right just not my company. but now if a girl on only fans has a patreon <laughs> then I mean, if she, uh, yeah, if she like does something, then sure. If, and I like it. I'll, there's a couple of Patreons that I that I support. Yeah. It was a joke. In the end, I know you just give me shit, but this is what I like to do. You try to make a joke out of it, I take it totally straight. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Completely just take all fun out of the bit. One hundred percent. Jacob's known me long enough to know that I kill bits more than I play along with them. Yeah, definitely. I don't know, Jacob. If you could produce content that wasn't podcasts, I apologize. I was talking away from the mic for a second because my caffeine addicted brain needed some caffeine. Uh, if you could produce content that wasn't a podcast, what would be like your top three choices? Hmm. 
Like, are we talking about content that is feasible for me to do? No, just content. Just content general. Like, that you would want to, like, assume that whatever you create is going to be successful. Right. Right. What content would you produce in that case? I mean, I like to make movies. Mm -hmm. Obviously, I think that that's, like, the number one thing that I'd like to do. Right. Music is what I've been thinking a lot about lately. Really? I have no music ability at all, other than the fact that I can, like, kind of sing. But, like, I don't know. And I've never really written a song. But, like, I don't know. I think I would like to make music. I wish I could align myself with musically talented people Mm -hmm. and sort of, you know, work through that. But, like, I just don't have any friends with any musical ability or my friends that do already have things they're doing. Right. Um, And I think the other one maybe would be, like, comic books? Uh, Writing them? Writing them, probably. Yeah, because, uh, again... No, no artistic ability. No artistic ability in, in terms of drawing, really. I can draw, but, like, not good. Man makes a mean doodle. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Like, like my drawings are slightly better than doodle, but, like, not good <laughs> enough to be actual art. Mm-hmm. So, I mean... Yeah, I guess that that's kind of what I would make. I, I've, I've, you know, I've often thought about other form of the media though i mean obviously like i was in a video game making major and yep was thinking about doing that and then realized that i think i really just would want to be a writer like, i don't really again no artistic ability so i can't make art assets and, and it sucks programming like, is annoying so yeah it's fun it's one of those things where like it sucks until you really understand it mm-hmm. and once you know how like if you there's like i want to do this thing and once you know how to do that yeah. it's awesome but it's like i want to do this thing i have no idea how to do it like that part sucks um, like, I always found the most fun part of, like, when we would work on game stuff would be, like, coming up with a scenario. Yeah. So, like, that's when I always realized, like, I think I just want to be a writer. Yeah, you were you were 100% designer, writer kind of thing. Yeah. Which sucks, because, like, if you want to write in video games, you've picked the one career path that has no path. You can't become a writer in games just by being, like, I'm going to go to school to be a writer for video right. games, and then I'm going to join a company for writing in video Because writers in video games don't, like... You're not like a designer. You're not a programmer. You don't come in with a new project or whatever. No. Nine times out of ten, studios pull writers from in-house. Yeah, yeah. It's usually, and then those people usually get put into like directors' positions, like like Neil Druckmann at, at yeah. Naughty Dog, or uh, who's the guy who made the newest God of War, uh, uh, Corey Barlog. Yes, he was at Sony Santa Monica for a long time. So like, yeah, like you start. Doing like you start as a designer or a programmer or an artist, yeah. and it's you express your interest in writing, and then you become a writer within your own studio. It's not like right. you can be like, I want to be a writer, and then go do writing. Right. You can, like, it's really, really hard to do that. Either that, or they pull in people from other mediums because video games are so ashamed to just be video games. Yeah, well, I mean, we're, I think we're getting much better about that, I yeah. think. Um, but I think the community is a little too split where, like, there are those of us who are like, video games are video games, and they should be, like, a proud of that, and they should be judged as art based on that merit. Right. And there are those who are like, no, they're just fun things where I hit buttons and kill things, and don't th- look at them any deeper than that, and that yeah. kind of sucks. But it's like, weird. remember there was, a, like, that time period where, like, video games just really wanted to be movies? Yeah, I, that was two-thirds of Kojima's career. Yes. <laughs> but, like, that comes from the fact that him himself has a big interest in film and mm-hmm. like wanted to be a filmmaker before he started making video games. Yeah. Like that, that's still very like creator driven and that's how he wants to tell that story and also have it be part of an interactive medium. 
Whereas, like, I think, like, when they were like, oh, yeah, we brought in the screenwriter of Crash to write Call of Duty Ghosts. Mm-hmm. Like, it's like, okay, why? Yeah. <laughs> cool, I guess. Yeah. You know, it's like they, for a long time, I feel like, tried to be like, look, we're getting Hollywood talent on these video games. Yep. Like, we're just as good as movies. Yeah. And it's like, in reality, your industry makes way more than movies ever will. Yeah, you are literally the largest entertainment industry yeah. in the world. You've won. And sure, does that come down to the fact that the price of admission, so to speak, is higher? Probably. I'm sure that has something to do with it. And then also, you know, ongoing monetization for some games. Like, you know, back when we used to sell map packs or Call of Duty or Madden, like, card packs and all that shit. Mm -hmm. Like, yes, that's why, overall, it's a more um, profitable medium than film, but, like... Well, not only that, I feel like there are more people who play games than you realize. Because even yeah. now, like, it, yeah, it's 2021. Gaming is still a little bit shameful for some people. Like, it's tough for some people to admit that they play games. Like, no. I, I, I hate to say this, but even especially women. Like, there are a lot of women, and uh, plenty of guys too, who, are, like, who will play games, but if are asked about it, will only say that, like, oh, yeah, no, I, I kind of mess around with this, that, or the other thing. When in reality, they're, like, a huge gamer. Because, like, there's still some shame. But in reality, that. though, too, I think that there's a lot of people who play games and don't even realize it. Like, if you just play a game on your phone, like, if you're playing Candy Crush, you are you play games. Congratulations, you're, you play video games. Yeah. yeah. And, like, you know, games like that, too, which are, like, free to enter. But then, like, you know, you can buy, you know, gems or whatever the fuck, gold mm-hmm. bars. Those make a shit ton of money, too. Way more than movies ever will. So, yeah, it just... it. It's interesting to me that video games really tried that for a while. And they then, did their best. And then kind of gave up and were like, well, we can make our games cinematic, but also still be video games. Yeah, we can do both. We don't and have not to be pick ashamed and choose. Of it. You know what I mean? All right, so the, you movies, comic books, and music. Yeah. What about internet-based content? I mean, I'd like to make more like YouTube videos. I think like... I could, I just... About what? That's the thing. <laughs> that's really where I come down to. I want to make videos, but I just the idea like, part is where I'm struggling. It's like, I don't know if I would want to do, like, analytical shit of, mm-hmm. like, you know, like, essays or whatever. I would love to do that. That people do. I think I don't have the writing talent necessary for, like, an essay. So then I'm like, oh, maybe I could do, like, comedy skits. But then I'm like, I don't know that I'm really, like, a skit writer. I don't know. Like, I feel are you, like... Are you a skit comedy kind of guy? Do you like skit comedy? I like skit comedy, like, when it's well done. Mm-hmm. But, like, it's so few and far between that it's well done that, like, it's hard to really find examples that I can think of right now that I'm like, yes, this is what I like in terms of skit comedy. But, like, I don't know. I Like, I find, like, I'm more of a funny off-the-cuff person. So maybe that's why podcasts are my preferred. Yeah, you don't, like, you're less of a script and more of a just go with the flow kind of guy. Right. Because, like, I feel like, you know, like, trying to script out something. I mean, you remember years ago when I tried to write something funny for the two of us to do, and it was awful. (laughs) It was one of the worst things I think Um, I've ever written. What was this? This was the... This was when I was like, oh, we should just, like, make a thing where we go to the grocery store and we're stupid. I remember that. Yep. And it was bad. It was awful. You've shown me a lot of your writing in the past, and uh, there's some of it that's uh, like genuinely really good. Um, that was not one of those times. No. That was one of the. Well, uh, also, I didn't feel comfortable like criticizing it because I don't like sit comedy. Right. That's the thing. Is like I don't. Uh, that's never been my preferred method of comedy. I don't. 
it's not my preferred method of comedy either, but like in terms of like making YouTube content, mm-hmm. like or internet content, like that's kind of the way you have to go. I mean, you can make an ongoing series, but if you don't have a budget behind it, it's going to be shit. Also, that's not really the platform for it. YouTube yeah. is like, and even uh, I feel like now short form skit comedy is your best bet with things like TikTok being what it is. And yeah. like, like those short form, that's really where like the comedic space is kind of shifting, yeah. which is tough because if you like longer form skit comedy, you it's it it's tough to have a market for that in certain areas, but but even then I don't I don't know that longer form skit comedy unless it's like you know like a show made for like Netflix or something like that even exists anymore because it's it is either like one off like five minute YouTube videos made by like ex viners usually because mm-hmm. <laughs> it seems like you know they did like six they took their six second skits they used to do on Vine and then tried to stretch it out to like five minutes and it doesn't work anymore yep. and that's why you see like them kind of flocking back to TikTok because it's a similar sort of medium. Yeah, I mean, the only, like, skit comic that I know of that I like is Pro CD, a sung one, and that's because he does primarily nerdy skits. And I don't like a lot of them. Like, I don't hate them. They're just, like, they're not super funny to me. That's the Um, other thing I always thought about, too, when I was younger in terms of, like, that, is I was like, I could do, like, nerdy things, like, parody stuff. mm -hmm. I'm like, everybody's fucking done that. And that's that's primarily what he does. And it's, like, like, a lot of his stuff is pretty original. It's it's funny. Like, he makes fun of, like, the, like, electronic card games where, like, they all have voice clips and you can't hear what the hell's going on because there's 19 voices going on. So he's, he's, like, he's a good skit comic, and he's one of the only ones on YouTube that, like, I feel, like, really adapted to the space really well. Right. Um, but yeah, I don't know. So what else? You you'd want to do YouTube videos? I mean, I guess like we were just talking about streaming, but again, like my streaming would be so niche that <laughs> nobody would give a shit about it because it's like that's just the shit that appeals to me more. Mm-hmm. Like I don't, I'm not gonna be this person who's like, all right, let's play Among Us for 25 hours. Like, I'd rather play like a bunch of different games that I can over like the course of like you know, say over a, a month. Like I play like 10 different games. Like that's more interesting to me than being like I'm gonna be the Fortnite guy. Mm-hmm like ninja or some shit like that like that's just not interesting to me at all but that's like that's what you that's how you get an audience yeah well i mean it depends not even just being like playing 10 games like i I don't want to be like the one who's like i gotta play the brand new cutting edge game Mm -hmm. you know what i mean it's like because that can be fun don't get me wrong like if there is something coming out that i'm like really excited for like that would be fun to stream but like does anyone give a shit about watching me play like what's a new ratchet and clank no I mean, I guess not, but I guess that I guess that what that's what it comes uh, comes down to. I can't talk right now. Right, you either have to play like whatever the newest game is at the time, or you have to play whatever the newest what I call meme game is at the time. Whether yeah. it's Among Us or Fortnite or Warzone. I mean, assuming you want to be giant, but you uh, you could stream other games. You could carve yourself out a niche. It's just like the discoverability of that is very low, is what I find. So it's like it almost turns you off to even want to try it. Because mm-hmm. like I could totally try it and be like, I'm gonna play. I don't know, Red Steel, which is another weird Wii game. But, like, again, who's going to who who's gonna be, like, just going through Twitch and being like, I wonder if everyone's playing Red Steel right now. Yeah, that's really what I want to watch. That's what I want. I want to see someone get annoyed at Red Steel, a Wii launch game. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's, that's kind of my thing, is, like, I would want to stream and make it, like, really, like, like, niche streams to where it's, like, I feel different than other people, even though I'm just kind of doing the same shit everyone else is doing which is just streaming also i don't have tits so it's kind of harder not not to you know sound like one wow of these just guys. completely der- <laughs> wow, that i'm just being honest like it's much easier to gain an audience when there's some sort of eye candy to it i don't i am i don't find myself to be a piece of eye candy no 
And let you've either got to be really good at video games or be really hot, I think, to really make it in streaming and be huge. Um, I or again, be both. I, I, you could be both, and uh, I feel like you're cheating at that point. Yeah. Um, I don't know. What do you define as huge? Well, like I, I'm not saying like I want to be like one of these people who's like I'm getting the million dollar deals like fucking Ninja got when he went to Mixer or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, I'd like you know a couple thousand people to watch me maybe I don't know like the idea of me putting like actual time into it and maybe making it something to where because that's the other thing too is I just don't have time Mm -hmm. like I don't I don't have the time to do it consistently whereas like I would I would like to be able to like have an audience so if I wanted to I could do it consistently because I could just segue that into being like my quote-unquote job right you know what I mean to where I could make content like as my career if you will but like I think I gave up on that dream a long time ago. Now I just make content because I, I think it's fun. You know what I mean? I to and me that's I, really where my YouTube shit comes from. It's like most of my YouTube channel is just shit that I found either funny to myself, mm-hmm. so I'm like, I'm going to make it, and maybe somebody else has a weird sense of humor like me, or it's just shit that I'm like, I found this fun, so I'm going to do this. It's the best way to do it. Yeah. I think if you go into it with the mindset of like, what do I need to do to get successful? Yeah. I feel like you're not going to make it you're going to be miserable. But then that's the thing is like, I feel like that's where it like, you can't, you can't just do shit that you find fun and gain any ground on it. I find. Um, you won't get ground quickly, but you will get it eventually. It's one of those things where it's time, investment, commitment. Yeah. And like, cause like everyone who is big, at least that I follow. I, I can't speak to, like, obviously everyone because I don't follow everybody. Right. But at least the, all, all the content creators that I follow started out with small, niche, silly stuff, that, and they all have the same story. Well, this is kind of the shit that I liked, and, like, nobody watched it for two years, and then I made one that yeah. I didn't think was particularly special, but that one took off. Which is weird because that's almost the same thing that's happened to me. Like, I have made videos on YouTube probably going on over a decade now. Mm-hmm. Like, just random shit here and there that I found funny. And then I had one video that got, like, a million views. It's your Hardcore Henry one. It's my Hardcore Henry one. And I've never done anything close to those numbers again. I have, like, 1,500 follow- like subscribers. Mm-hmm. And I've done nothing with that channel. Like, I don't... Because I just don't know what to do with it. I don't know what kind of content I want to make. Right. Cause, and, and what kind of content I can make good. Because I can just shit out videos like that Hardcore Henry one any fucking day of the week. Mm-hmm. If I really wanted to. That video took me max an hour and a half to make, not including rendering time. Right. Like, I could shit out videos like that in my sleep, but I don't want to do that. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Not- I'd rather make something more substantial or, or substantive. Is that, did I say that right? I think that's... Having substance. Yeah. <laughs> the property of having substance. I think that was right. Yeah. Like, I, I, would, I would rather make something that I'm more passionate about, but uh, the thing is, is, like, the things I'm passionate about are in a lot of different directions. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I could do a, a what's it called? I could do a, f- a film essay or a video game essay, but am I gonna be, am I gonna be adding anything to the conversation that twenty five other channels aren't already doing, or you know even hundreds of thousands of channels are doing, much better than I probably will. I and I think I got really existential about this because watching Bo Burnham's Inside made me go, wow, I really wasted my opportunity of this shithole of a year. Where I could have been making something cool like that. Yeah, I feel like that's a lot of people's... There's, like, 
post-pandemic depression is like becoming a real thing where there's a, a lot of people who were like at the start of this where everything locked down everyone was really positive like we're going to get through this everything's going to be good we're going to spend this time i'm going to learn a language i'm going to write a book i'm going to do this that i'm going to learn how to bake i'm going to learn this and we we're out on the other end of it now and i feel like most of us didn't get done what we wanted to in that time no. and it makes you feel like well i just i feel like i wasted it it makes you feel a little bit like a failure yeah and i feel like that's totally the wrong the world essentially had a year off yeah and i didn't well i didn't really neither did you but like I had way more time than I ever did because I didn't go out and do anything. Because yeah, you couldn't. Because you couldn't. So, like, I spent most of my nights at home yeah. doing nothing. And it feels like you wasted that time. Yeah. It's like, I, I could have been doing something productive. Yeah. And I feel like that mindset is totally the wrong way to look at that. I know. Um, like, there are some things that, that I did over the pandemic that I'm, I'm now really into. So, like, I did get something out of it. Right. Um, did I learn a language? No. Still trying, Matt. I'm making progress. I'm not fluent. Um... Uh, did I, you know, write a book? No, I didn't. I've done that. I, I'm not super interested in trying doing it again. <laughs> um, you know, but I, I still value the time that I spent there. And there's still content that I would like to make one day that I'm yeah. desperately waiting for the time to... I think that's really what it comes down to is just time. Like, I don't have the time to really figure out, like... Like, I don't have the time to sit down and be like, okay, here's the kind of content that I want to make. Let's figure that out okay, I figured it out. Now what can I do to set myself apart? Because that's the thing is I, any, anybody can make content on the internet. Mm -hmm. True. It's free. Anybody can just shit it out. And like, I could just shit it out. I could make something totally like whatever the complete, like, you know, 99% for everybody else. Mm -hmm. And I could do it and not be happy with it, but make money on it or whatever. Right. But, like, I just, I don't know. I'd rather make something that I'm more passionate about and that I'm more interested in. Yeah. And maybe that makes me a fool. No, I think that makes you in line with almost every other content creator. I'd say a good majority are not aligned with that. Because I feel like I see more shit than I do see good things on the internet. I mean, I feel like everybody starts out with doing the things they're passionate about. I think everyone starts out with the best intentions. It's just eventually it goes wrong and then they become that sort of, you know... Become a sellout. I didn't want to use that term because I think it's a little overused, <laughs> but yes, for sake of argument, they become a sellout. And I, like, I just find no passion in doing that, and that's the thing of why... Well, I mean, that, that's a picture, that's a, that's a problem of scope, right? You you do that because you're you're finding a, the ceiling that you're not comfortable with. No. You want to keep going up and up and up and up, and there's a certain path you have to do to, to get there. You want to be a ninja, there's a certain way you have to do it. Yeah. But I'm not looking to own a seven mansions and have, you know, 72 dogs. I, I, don't, would, I don't need to go that high. Yeah. If my passion only takes me this far, then that's... Like, in reality, like, if, if I ever had a goal for my content creation, mm -hmm. it would be that I could eventually just make it like a career and that I could live comfortably on it. Like I don't need to be most famous man in the world. I don't need to be a Logan or Jake Paul. Mm -hmm. Like I'm fine being like, you know, my 20,000 subscriber channel where I make like, you know, a th like, I don't know. I was going to say a thousand dollars a month on Patreon, but I'd have to make more than that to live comfortably. But like, you know yes. what I mean? Just like, I, you know, I have my audience that is really passionate about the things I make and I make good things but, like, you know, I'm not huge. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't need to be huge. And that's really where I come down to it. Because I just don't want to 
And I, number one, I don't want to get too big of a head of myself because that seems to happen a lot. <laughs> You're afraid uh, it's going to go to your head? You're going to get an ego? And I've been watching a lot of interviews with Bo Burnham lately. I don't, Bo Burnham's been really on the mind. Mm-hmm. And it's so weird of like all this praise that he gets, whether it's anything he does, whether it's a stand-up or how inside everyone's called it like a masterpiece or he made that movie Eighth Grade, which yep. got really good reviews. Like He still seems very humble. And I think that that, and I think it's because he's not like the biggest guy in the world, but like when he does stuff, it gets attention. Mm -hmm. And I think that's kind of where I would like to be. Not as big as Bo Burnham, because I don't think I could ever reach that. But like, you know. The common man's Bo Burnham. The the common man's Bo Burnham, so to speak. Stand up, I guess, is another thing I've been thinking about too. Really? Yeah. But again, it's that thing of I don't think I write good jokes and I don't think people want to stand up there and listen to me ramble. Because I can ramble through stuff and eventually get a comedy of a uh, nugget of comedy out of it, but like I, I just I don't know I don't I find my comedy when written out I I write it out and I go that's kind of that's a funny thing and then like three days later I'll look at it again and go that's fucking stupid like what am I talking about but like in the moment with me and you if we're just bullshitting and I say something funny it's very funny to me. Mm-hmm. And that's why I think maybe, like I said, podcasting is sort of my preferred thing because I can just talk and eventually say something funny or profound or whatever the fuck. <laughs> you get there. You just you need a, you need a winding road. And right. And that's the thing. And that's why I don't think that stand-up, like as, as much as I think it would be fun to do stand-up, I don't think I could ever get to the point where I could really be a good stand-up because like... Just not your, just your, just not, not your process. Just not my process of, of comedy. It's amazing to me that like for as long as we've known each other, you, you continually have a like the way that you do things and the way you think is almost polar opposite to how I how I approach things. That's why I like poking your brain so much because yeah. like I like I have a rough idea of what's gonna fall out. I just like the confirmation. We're like I feel this way, so money says that Jacob's probably gonna feel like this. Let's see, and it's almost always right. Really, it's wild. Why? What's your thing? Like, you like to write out everything? And I mean, I'm I'm a pretty, like, analytical person. Right. So, like, I, lo- I would love the idea of doing reviews. Yeah. I like, of doing analytical content, of video essays, of, you know, like, I like the idea of, like, look taking a look at something that, like, m- most people have seen or watched, or even if it's niche content, like anime, mm-hmm. right? And saying, everyone really liked this thing. Why? What about this drew you to it? You know what's interesting about that, though, is the content I find that I enjoy more is less of... I mean, don't worry, I enjoy like video essays and looking at stuff analytically like that. Mm-hmm. I enjoy way more like two dudes like us having... Like, if we, like, let's say we both watch Dragon Ball or something like that, right? Mm-hmm. Just as an example. And we could come back and talk about Dragon Ball and just, you know, just talk about the show and like what we liked about it, what we didn't like about it, different moments of it. I find that way more interesting to sit down and, and watch and listen to than I do like someone being like, and here's the mise-en-sance of Goku. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, um, I don't know if that's just me. No, I mean, I, th- I think those are two, they're two different styles of tackling the same thing. Yeah. Like there was the podcast from, uh, what's their name? They did All Systems Goku. Oh, um, um, Giant Bomb. Yeah, Giant Bomb. Um, they were, they literally did that. They yeah. went, they went through and watched it and sat down and talked about it. I've never listened to it myself, but I heard I've heard great things about yeah. like their experience with doing that. Um, I will. I'm I'm much more of the like I want to dissect why that's interesting, right? But I think you can get to that in 
conversation and you still have at least the framing around it of the conversation still being interesting mm -hmm. and you can get to that nugget of information whereas like if you just make like a 15 minute video about once again the mise-en-sense of Goku mm -hmm. then like you're just focusing on that one topic and like sure you can maybe get a good discussion going afterwards yep but like I don't I don't know that just to me, like I, I've like channels like red letter media, mm -hmm. the way they do like talking about movies and stuff like that or any kind of medium. I find that more interesting than being like, you know, see, that's, that's what's interesting is like, do you want the discussion to be the content or do you want to provoke a discussion with the content? I think that's what yeah. it comes down to. Yes. Right. Where like, I would rather produce something that gets people thinking rather than, let then have them come along with me as I think, right? Right, because something like like Giant Bomb doing all systems Goku, it's them talking and working through how they felt about it, and they yeah. reach a conclusion and they have an idea, right? Whereas somebody like um, I don't know what's a what's a good video essay nerdy guy, um, like overly sarcastic productions or uh, Hello Future Me, like they do video essay styles where it's fifteen twenty minutes, sometimes a half an hour to forty five depending on the topic. And they, they show an idea and say, this is what we think about this. And then it's up to you to say, do I agree? Do I disagree? Like, and mm -hmm. kind of work your own way through it. And that is really interesting to me. Like, there was one I watched a while back that was like 15 minutes on whether or not you could consider Saitama a hero or not. Like, is he capable of being heroic? And it was, it, it was kind of a stupid video in hindsight. Like, it's a silly right. concept. Because um, it's a parody. You're not supposed to think that hard about it. Right. Um, but the whole premise of the video was that, like, to do something heroic is generally to put yourself in danger, right? To do so, to sacrifice yeah. something of yourself to protect somebody else. He's incapable of doing that because he can't be stopped. He can't be stopped. So, is he? Can he be a hero? Right. And the whole crux of the video was that yes, he can. Have you seen One Punch Man? Right. Yes. So you remember the uh, the Deep Sea King? Yes. And he like uh, after that fight, he like takes all the credit, it's like, oh, thanks to the, the S-Class for softening him up or whatever. Mm -hmm. They point to that as him being heroic because the one thing he cares about is notoriety. Right. He wants to be known as a hero, but he throws that away to give the hero association the credit that they need to run. Right. And so that's him being heroic. He can't do it in the traditional sense, yeah. but he's still capable of it. That kind of content, super interesting to me. See, that... And don't get me wrong, for every 1,000 video essays, there's, mm -hmm. like, one or two that gets that interesting. Like, I think that that's an interesting concept mm -hmm. and to talk about. But, like, I, I don't know. I feel like there's just, like, such a wide swath of shit where I'm, like, I don't need to watch a video about, like, the philosophy of Cruella de Vil. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or, like, what we were going to do at one point, which was to talk about the economic hierarchy of Dimsdale. <laughs> like I forgot about that. <laughs> like that's wow. That that's an old poll. That's a long yeah. one. But like that that sort of feels like a video essay of being like, is Doug Dimmadome an oligarchy? Yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean. Yeah. Uh, it's like one of those old minor towns, right? Like everything's yeah. run by the one. Oh yeah, it's almost a little bit like the Outer Worlds. Mm -hmm. They're making a second one. Yeah, I know. Seems really quick. Yeah, I mean but they're I also working on like they have like another RPG and then they have that that weird like. Honey, I Shrunk the Kids game they did. Dude, Obsidian's busy, man. Like, they got a lot of shit going on. Yeah. I just want New Vegas, too. Yeah. That'd be good. I, I like Outer Worlds. So it just it felt too short. What the fuck is wrong with us? <laughs> <laughs> we just... Wow, that was a sharp, sharp turn. turn. 
Oh, man, we went a little long in the tooth on this one. But I think, like, honestly, the talking more about the kind of content we make, we should maybe put a pin in this one, maybe pick it up next week, because I think it's interesting. Yeah. Because, honestly, I want to pick your brain about the kind of stuff you'd like to make, because I feel like we didn't re- I didn't really get to turn the tables on to you. Mm-hmm. I, I knew it, we were sitting at, like, 40 minutes when I brought that topic up. So I'm like, yeah. this is going to be the end of it. He's not going to have time to poke me. So let's see, yeah, where, exactly. see where this goes. So next week, we poke Brad. Okay. If you like the show, please give us five stars on any podcast service that you like. It really helps us out. Get us up in lists. Um, if you'd like to follow us on social media, you can follow me on any social media at It's Jay Griff. You can follow the show on Twitter at The Fireside Pub. Involve Brad on Instagram at Bradley underscore night 96. I don't even know why I say it. You don't post anything, but it's just a social media channel for me to give you. If you want to email the show, if you have a topic idea or something like that for the future, uh, hit us up, thefiresidepub at gmail.com. And I'm pretty sure that's it, right? Yeah, I know. I think you got it all. All right, perfect. Uh, that's the end of the show this week. Brad, say goodbye. Oh, I have to say something here. Goodbye, people. Thanks for drinking along with us. Adios.